What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you with an episode of Fantasy Breakdown on this beautiful Sunday night. Noah, how are we feeling, baby? I'm feeling pretty good, Colin. Uh, if the listeners don't know, Colin and I are both alumni of Indiana University, and we just recently fired our uh, men's basketball coach, Archie Miller, and today we found a replacement for him in Mike Woodson. Uh, how are you feeling about the hire, Colin? So just to break it down, uh, it's been a tumultuous process. We have been known to offer a lot of money, and at one point it seemed like we might get Brad Stevens, which as an IU fan, that would kind of be like the home run of all home runs for a coach because we haven't been to a tournament in five years. Archie Miller couldn't bring us to a single tournament, and that's pretty embarrassing for a program that's as storied is Indiana. So what Mike Woodson brings to the table is not the full picture because what you have to consider is that we also hire Thad Mata as an associate athletic director, uh, and he's primarily going to focus on basketball activities. So we're going to have these two in tandem, but to focus specifically on Mike Woodson, I think he is a pretty good head coach. Um, the last time that the New York Knicks were at all relevant, he was the head coach, and he actually brought the Atlanta Hawks out of irrelevancy into a decent contending team, which people forget. Um, I like what he's able to do as an in-game coach, which we've really struggled with. Archie nor Tom Crean really understood how to manage a game very well. And I think he'll be pretty good for player development. So overall, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with the situation. Yeah, um, I I think I'd be less happy if uh, we just hired Mike Woodson. But the fact that we got Thad Mata, um, a guy who's been to two Final Fours, he's won like five Big Ten titles. I think um, just getting that experience back in this team is like what we need. And now it's just important on Mike Woods. Mike Woodson and Thad Mata just convincing the guys who are on the transfer portal right now that IU is still the best option for them. Because even if we hire both of these guys, but half our players transfer, it's still going to be probably another pretty rough year of IU basketball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I just want to say, like, Thad Mata as a recruiter, I think is really where we're going to get the most value out of him. Because Mike Woodson has not gone through the recruiting process before he has specifically coached in the NBA so having Mata be able to take the lead on that and really spearhead that process along with Mike I think is is just going to be instrumental to that end though I don't think that IU is going to be competitive next year like I just I think it's so tough as a college coach in your first year of a program to take over a bunch of recruits that aren't yours uh, to try to be recruiting at the same time. And it's just a hodgepodge of, you know, guys don't want to be there because they're not sure what the experience is going to be. They'd rather go to somewhere that's a bit more stable. But with all that said, uh, you know, I, I think that they're going to write the ship. I think it's going to take some time. And I think that IU is going to come back to being a, a contender. A place where people really want to be, which it really hasn't 
been for uh, a little bit of time now. I sure hope so. Uh, you know, Colin. Wouldn't that be cool? I sure hope so. I really want IU men's basketball to be good again. But even if they don't, you know, we're a football school, so it doesn't even matter. And you know what? Shout out to IU women's. They yes, upset sir. North Carolina State. Uh, the only one seed in the women's tournament to fall. So IU women go to their first Elite Eight ever, which is pretty, that's that's cool. pretty cool. Um, I will be so ecstatic if the IU women can pull off a Final Four trip. That would be crazy. It's very possible. It'd be nuts. It'd be nuts. But I think that it could happen. So let's go. Let's go. Alrighty, should we talk about some like fantasy basketball? Maybe. I guess so. Uh, Maybe talk about the superior basketball. The superior basketball, dude. Yeah, it, dude. It reminds me, like watching all this college basketball, how much uh, better the NBA is. Yeah. Just as a uh, viewing experience. Yeah. Just watching skilled basketball. Well, you don't like to see a team come out and just be befuddled by Syracuse's signature two-three zone. Like they didn't know that Syracuse was gonna play a two-three zone, dude. It like <laughs> this is the second time in five years that an eleven-seeded Syracuse has made it to the Sweet Sixteen, just because they throw a two-three zone and people are like, well, "What I don't is know this? What to do with that?" <laughs> well, like, like here's the thing: like, if I'm like a college team and I know that the team I'm about to play has poor perimeter shooting. You throw a 2-3 zone at them, there's not much they're going to do. Yeah. Got to make your like, threes. Like that's, what, like, look, like, that's what the Heat did to the Lakers last year in the finals. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked. It worked enough to, you know, make it close for five games without That man. is true. Right? Like, it's not like it's just a college thing, like. But, like, there's so many more teams in college that can't shoot. Yeah. Like, honestly, like in college, there's a handful of teams that can shoot, like, really well. Like, where I'm like, yeah. Like, there's enough players on that team where if there's just, like, some decent ball movement, they're going to hit their shots, and they're just going to be able to force a 2-3 zone to come out and extend and then eventually play man. Yeah, IU, not a very good three-point shooting team. Syracuse's 2-3 no. zone will probably destroy us. No, we'd probably put up like 15 points all game. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, and then you also have to have like decent ball movement. So if like your guards like can't find it and you're like your rotations of the bigs are bad, yeah, it's just... It's a disaster. I mean, like it really... Like, it doesn't help anybody, like, build NBA talent, but, like, I think it just, like, wins you games. Yeah. All right. All right. Enough, uh, enough, uh, college basketball talk. Let's get into the schedule for this week. All right. All right. (laughs) The schedule this week, um... Pretty pretty even kill. Um, haven't had a game. You know, this is the third week in a row that I'm saying this now. Haven't had a game canceled because of COVID in a while. That's really nice. We're Very getting some nice. consistency. Uh, the Lions share teams this week are playing four games. So 
I'm just gonna rattle off the uh, the handful of teams that are playing three games. Everybody else has four: the Cavs, Nuggets, Lakers, Suns, Trailblazers, and Raptors all play three games this week. Everybody else has four. That's a pretty consistent schedule. We like to see that. No, no. Speaking of the Trailblazers and Raptors, did you see the uh, highlight from the start of the game tonight when? Um, uh, not but who's the, who did the Raptors just trade to the Blazers? Uh, Norman Powell. Norman Powell. He tried to line up with the Raptors for the jump ball. That's pretty funny. Pretty cool. Pretty funny, right? I appreciate that. I mean, he's been on. He's been a Blazer for four days. Makes sense. <laughs> I'd I'd do it too. So yeah. Did you so, see those? Did you see those gray Blazer unis? I kind of thought they were gross. They're so ugly. Yeah, I was like, what do you guys, what is this? Dude, I think uniforms in the NBA have slowly deteriorated. Like, the Heat City uniforms used to be so sick this year. Garbage. They're disgusting this year. Like, I hate, like, watching those games, too, because the court's so stupid. Yeah. See, they just went a little too far with that, though. Like, they still make really good uniforms, but I think they just have too much pressure to like keep pumping them out you know yeah but dude like with this year like all they had to do if they just like picked hot pink or like that baby blue just like one of them not both of them would have been totally fine yeah but there's that pressure you know to keep putting out new versions of it yeah but like also like if it's sick just stick with it like why true i don't know like i think the bulls city uniforms are pretty stupid this year like are those the like cool um, dark it's like ones? The, the, it's like the dark gray and gold. Like oh, I actually really like the sides of that uniform. Yeah, uh, no, the, see, like the sides are nasty. They're decent enough, like uniforms, but like, it doesn't make any sense for the Bulls to be wearing those. And plus, like the like city of Chicago flags that they'd had like the two years before were way sicker. Yeah, those ones were really nice. Like the white ones were like arguably those were so clean. I like, I think the heats like the original Heat City like Miami Vice like S tier, and then I think like the Bulls original white city flag, like right next to S tier, like maybe like like A A tier. Okay, I'd have to see a list of them again, but I don't necessarily disagree with that. No, that's like facts. Like, you don't need oh, to look at a list. Like, just trust me. That's facts. I'll probably look at a list later. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Well, you know, we know what teams are playing three games, Noah. Can you tell us how many teams are playing on each day? Because I think the, the listener could gain a bit of strategic knowledge based on that information. Yeah. So, 22 teams play on Monday. Eight play on Tuesday. 20 play on Wednesday. 14 play on Thursday, 20 play on Friday, and then 16 and 14 on Saturday, Sunday. And we're looking at a pretty big week for back-to-backs, too. Uh, 24 teams are involved in a back-to-back. Brooklyn actually has two back-to-backs this week on Wednesday, Thursday, and then on Sunday, Monday. But the important days we're looking at this week are Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, which have four games on Tuesday, seven games on Thursday, and seven games on Sunday. Uh, So those are going to be the days you're going to be looking at uh, picking people up. And just so happens to be that 
seven teams play on all three of those days this week, and that is Atlanta, Charlotte, the Clippers, Magic, 76ers, the Nuggets, who actually only play three games this week, but all three games are on the low-volume days. So there could be some value in having a Nuggets person, even though they play one less game. And then the Wizards. So you're looking at a lot of options here for guys to stream on those low-volume days. And, you know, the playoffs are looming, Colin. And the moves you're making now. They're close. Um, they could be the difference between you making the playoffs and you not. Jeez, dude. You... God, now I'm feeling the pressure. You Which making the playoffs, Colin? Doubles. Well, I'm winning the Categories League, but uh, for the third time this year, I have scored the second most points in our points league and lost. I put up 1,400 points, and I am losing. That's just, it's so upsetting. Yeah, you know, I, I bet a lot of our listeners can you. resonate with that as well, because I know I can. It's just, it's just so frustrating, Noah, because I put my heart and soul into this and if Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, so I just I want to I want to vent for a moment. Jaron Jackson Jr. drafted him 79th overall, and you know at the time that might have been a bit of a reach, but you know he'd had a really solid sophomore season, and I was like, hey, Jaron Jackson Jr., the Grizz, the stock's only going up, baby. He's got Jai, he's got another year of experience. Yeah, he's going to be out six weeks. That's fine. I can take six weeks. No, I, I'm not a mathematician, but maybe you can help me here. Is December to all of April, is that six weeks? I think that might be like a couple weeks more than six weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks more. Yeah, because that's how long he's going to be out. So I just, I don't understand why the Grizzlies had to lie to me and say he'd be back in six weeks. And then after six weeks, when they said, oh, okay, like it might be a little bit longer, say, it's looking like he's going to be back by the end of the month. And then I come on a podcast that I have about basketball and tell all the listeners, hey, I'm hearing Jaron Jackson Jr. might be back by the end of the month. And now we're at the end of March. And you know who's not back, Noah? Jaron Jackson Jr.? Yeah, no, that's a nail on the head right there. Yeah, mm, not Jaron Jackson Jr. And now I'm reading it might be another month. And I yeah, they really played us. I got played on Kevin Love the same exact way, dude. So I feel you. Yeah, it's just, it's like looking back on the season, I just, like, that's my lesson for next season. Like, if there's a guy who's out for, like, at the beginning of the season, like, I'm not going to take a flyer on Do him. Do not drop be like, him. Hopefully, yeah. No, no. Like, I'm not even going to draft him. Like, if I know that that guy's out preseason, I'm just going to be like, nope. They're not worth it. Yeah. That's a valuable like, lesson just right like there for our listeners. Yeah. Just don't do it because it's stupid. And I looked the other day, Jaron Jackson Jr. is owned in over 50% of leagues right now. Like, wow. People just have diamond hands. He's not played a single fucking minute, and he is rocking That's 54% so of ESPN leagues. That's stupid. crazy. It's stupid. And I don't blame a single Jaron Jackson Jr. Jr owner oh my god because they all have diamond hands and they've all been told and lied to that he's on his way back and when he comes back he better put up 100 points a game that is how i feel about the current situation hey jaron jackson jr if you're listening dude 
Khan's gonna fight you next time he sees you. It's not. It's not Jaren specifically. It's who's ever in charge of the Grizzlies, like media or injury reporting, because they're terrible at their job. They have no idea what they're doing. Maybe their doctors need fired too. The rehabilitation staff. Yeah, the, yeah. I think it's. I think that's it. I think we've got some phony team doctors here. Dude, maybe that's how we could get rich really quick. Maybe we just become the Grizzlies team doctors and, mm. like, you know, correctly diagnose Jaron Jackson Jr. And then <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies would be like, hey, here's a job. That could be a gig. All right, let's let's think about it. We both have – I know how to apply Band-Aids, so I've got that under my belt. What do you I have? can wrap an ankle. Like you can – like like musically like you can rap or – Yeah. Like you could like – okay, that's good. Yeah, that – yeah, put, we'll need that on our resume collectively. <laughs> okay, right. okay. Mr. Right. Clown Man. I, you know, I, you got to keep it light, you know. Um, so, <laughs> with the Jaron Jackson Jr. rant out of the way, uh, do you have any teams that the listener should specifically focus on to stream? Um, so, I think Atlanta, Charlotte, the Clippers, Orlando, 76ers, the Nuggets, and the Wizards are all pretty good teams to stream. They play on all, all three of the low-volume game days this week. And mm-hmm. I'll say some players uh, later in the episode during my waiver wire pickups because they're mostly comprised of players on those teams. But with most of the league playing four games this week, um, you can be pretty flexible in guys that you want to pick up and drop this week, mm-hmm. which is tasty, you know, a lot of options. We like that. We like that a lot. Alrighty, well, to that end, should we jump into guys who might have potential rest-of-season value for our fantasy owners? Yeah, um, I have two guys, uh, both who I was going to try to pick up this morning, one of them, and I had already found out that Colin and our friend yeah, Ren Parker had already picked up both of them, and that is Ken I Birch. Actually... Yeah. <laughs> That is Kim Birch, who is 10.4% roster on ESPN right now. And Chuma Okiki, who is 19.5% roster on ESPN right now. Um, They're both on the Orlando Magic. And as we know, the Magic had a fire sale on trade deadline day. And now they're somewhat of a fantasy goldmine at a pretty late point in the season. Wouldn't you agree, Colin? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, I don't think you're seeing anybody on the waivers that's having stock rise like this yeah and plenty of guys on the magic are gonna get their chance to show what they can do and it'll honestly just be a race to see who emerges as um some of the most valuable players on that team fantasy wise and kim birch and his first game without vucevic recorded 14 points 15 rebounds four assists four steals and two blocks colin um imagine that stat line going on to your categories for the week that's just crazy yeah, i take that and I'd be okay I, with that. I like Chumo Kiki, I think, more than Ken Birch because I think we could see uh, Birch potentially lose some value when Wendell Carter and Mombaba are both going to be coming off that um, team, too, for the Magic. But 
I think Birch is the best fit for the job if the Magic actually want to be competitive. But he is 28 compared to Wendell Carter, who is younger. So he might start, but I don't think Birch loses any um, major minutes due to Wendell also playing. Because as we know, Wendell might not be that good. Might not be that good. Yeah, so I'm going to be honest with you. Ken Birch, not a name that I was all that familiar with coming into uh, recent talks. I mean, honestly, I really started to understand who he was once the Magic had their fire cell, and I had to take a look of who was left on the team. So this is his fourth year with the Magic. He has started 27 games in those four years, played about 180. Uh, His career averages are five points, four and a half boards, one assist, Half a steal and half a block. Um, he's not a stretch guy. He cannot shoot the three. Uh, he shoots a decent inside the arc shot, um, and he shoots about seventy percent from the free throw line. So it, it splits that are not necessarily spectac- spectacular. But with that said, he's never really um, played on a team without Vooch, where he can really be the guy. So already tonight he took a big step back and posted 16 fantasy points uh, with two points scored, one steal, three assists, and five boards, mm-hmm. while Mo Bamba and Wendell actually posted better stat lines. Mm-hmm. So I'm not terribly confident in, in Kemperch going forward, but it's an interesting enough proposition given the Magic situation. Um, I will say the the only other reason I'm pessimistic is he came into the league at 25. So in only his fourth year, he's already 28 years old. So it's not as though he's one of these young guys that the Magic are hoping to develop. He's a he's a pretty old young guy. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't I haven't watched any highlights of him, but. I think from my understanding, the game he played the other night is the best game he's ever played. Hmm. So Maybe we're looking at his ceiling then. Yeah, it's it's his highest game score by four this season. His uh, second best game he played this season, he scored 12 points, eight boards, and had three steals. Mm-hmm. So let's take a let's take a tentative on Kem Birch. He may have just played the best game of his life and it might just be downhill from here. Or maybe Kem Birch is really about to break out and become a household name. I don't know. Either way, it'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining, yeah. I'm also I'm just a little pissed because I lost, you know, that matchup with Kem Birch and I actually tried to pick up Okiki. And Ren must have been on at like the exact same time as me because then he was gone when I tried to pick him up, which is really upsetting. Wouldn't have made a difference, but still. Yeah. Speaking of Okiki, um, he's another player who's going to have a really big chance on this Magic team to become a pretty solid fantasy contributor. Uh, he's a second-year player out of Auburn, and in his first game post the trade deadline, he put up 22 points, six rebounds, four assists, and two steals. And tonight he put up 14 points, six rebounds, three assists with one block. 
And I actually think he has probably the most locked in role for the Magic at this moment. Um, you know, he's one of their younger players who is gonna who's gonna start at the power forward for them. So he's pretty locked into that. And I think he's gonna continue to get high usage the rest of the season and is probably one of the actual main pieces the Magics want to move forward with their rebuild. So I think Chuma, out of anyone on the Magic, is probably the best option right now. But that doesn't mean we can't mm-hmm. find um, value out of other guys like Dwayne Bacon and James Ennis, both guys who have started um, both the games since the Magic depleted their roster. And I also think I also think that Terrence Ross, when he comes back, if he's available, he might be a must-have oh. at this point because he's going to be putting up like 20 shots a game. Yeah. Which is uh, definitely pretty nice. That's person I want to have on my team. Uh, another guy in the Magic that you might want to start considering. Mo Bamba had his best game in over a month tonight. Um, in only 17 minutes. In 17 minutes, he posted 11 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, 3 blocks. Dang. 17 minutes. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. Um, still young, I'm in, I know he really has not panned out what the Magic had hoped he would for, like, the sixth overall pick, but, you know, maybe he still has a chance, but, yeah, I agree with your analysis on Okiki, uh, so what people forget is he was a part of the Auburn team that made it to the Final Four, was the best player on that team, should have won, kinda, the ref screwed up, Auburn should have beat Virginia. They missed a, a double dribble, but it's fine. It's whatever. I'm over it. Uh, and he actually sat out all of last year. So this is technically his rookie season, if we're going by the Ben Simmons rule. Mm-hmm. Technically his rookie season. He made his NBA debut this December. So caught his first ever start. Or no, his his third ever start last night. Um, played the most minutes ever in his career, and he looked pretty darn good. Um, definitely somebody that's going to continue to get minutes throughout the year as the Magic look to rebuild and build this young core, which Okiki is the epitome of. Yeah, I. if Okiki's on your waiver wire, you should probably go give him a chance because somebody's got to do something for the Magic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and this, it could be subject to change. I mean, I would just keep an eye out on all of the Magic players because rotations are going to switch. Guys are going to stay injured. Cole Anthony is still out. Um, and there will be room for people to do something on that team. And, you know, you could have something on your team from them, which is Yeah, nice they had a, they played 11 guys tonight. So they're definitely testing out who is um, worth playing and who's not. So definitely keep an eye on them. Uh, do you have a guy, Colin, or should I read my next guy? You can go with your next guy, and then I'll go with my guy, if that's right. okay. So my next guy is Danny Green, who is currently only 30% roster on ESPN. And he's going to definitely... on my team. Yeah, I know you do, dude. Fuck you. Uh, he's a guy who definitely started the season off pretty slow, but he's really picked it up over these um, last couple weeks that Embiid has been injured. 
And in his last two weeks, he's averaging 15 points on four three-pointers made a game with 3.6 rebounds, two steals, and 1.3 blocks in around 30 minutes a night. Um, I think that's good enough to make him like a top 54 value fantasy player over these last two weeks. And he's also hit one three, um, at least one three in 24 straight games, Colin. So even if he has an off night here and there, um, in a, especially in a categories league, that's a pretty big help if, you know, he's at least getting a three at night. Yeah. You know what? We, uh, we take that. Yeah, and the yeah, Sixers play four games next week, and 30% just seems a little too low for me for Danny Green percent roster with the way he's been playing over these last month or two. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think a lot of jokes came out about Danny Green after what transpired in the finals last year and him bricking the uh, finals clinching shot in Game 5. And just overall, like, not being able to hit this C. What's that saying? You can't hit the hit the C? Hit the, hit the water if you fall out of the boat? So, I, something like that. He that was, situation he was wasn't even Danny Green's fault. Like, of course he missed a three. That sucks. But, you know, he's not Mr. Perfect sniper arm. Uh, Marcus Morris is the one who really fucked up on that play because he got the ball back and then turned it over. Yeah, that was that was pretty garbo. That agreed. Um no. Yeah, I'm all over Danny Green. I mean, truly one of the most efficient winners in our time. Uh Danny Green has now won uh an three NBA title with three different, three teams, different teams and he won in college with North Carolina. Wow. That's Guy's a born winner. Good. Guy's a born winner. Um, yeah, I mean, he's shooting 40% from three this year. That's about what you'd expect from him. He's got an effective field goal percentage of 57%. That's pretty tight. Um, but what I always like to do with these guys is, like, how are they performing recently? And, like, if we go, like, in the like, last 10 games, like, since All-Star break, He's been averaging roughly in the neighborhood of 15 points a game, three boards, two steals, and a block. I don't know how, but he's averaging over a block a game. Like, that's kind of insane from a guard. And he's hitting four threes a game in his last 10. Like, that's huge. Yeah, especially for a categories league. That's um, that's really good weekly production. Um. You may not want him in a points league because he does have off nights, but I still think he's even justifiable in a points league. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. This is probably the craziest part about Danny Green. In 10 of his last 13 games, he has recorded a block. That's crazy, so it's not like a, it, It's not like a one, one-time thing where like he like had like a game where he had like a block. Like, he's consistently doing it. So, if you're in a categories league, to be able to get consistent blocks out of a guard position, I mean, that's huge. That's huge. Do you disagree? No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, 
Bada bing. Yeah, man. Bada boom. Alrighty. Um, no, I spent a, a good chunk of time towards the beginning of this podcast lamenting about Jaron Jackson Jr. So I'm going to take the time to compliment one of his teammates. A teammate that has not always been an incredibly popular person uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But this young man has kind of been falling out recently. And that's Grayson Allen, actually. He, in the last 15 days, has been averaging 27 points a game in fantasy, and he's kind of been doing a little bit of everything. He's not just a scorer. He's averaging a decent amount of boards. He's getting assists, and yesterday he had a game where he had four steals, which is always something that we're looking for. Uh, I think that he's continuing to have a growing role in the Grizzlies' offense which is not really something that I thought would happen. I'll be honest with you, uh, after his stint in Utah was up, I kind of thought that Grace Nowen would never really be a factor in the NBA again. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I also thought he was pretty underwhelming in Utah, but I did like his skill set, but you know, he was a little bitch in college, so he always had that coming with him. Too. Yeah, he did like the... He liked to ball tap people, which is uh, admittedly... And trip them. Yeah, and trip. It's just not cool. It's just not cool. But uh, since taking a seven-game hiatus because of um, injury and just not playing, he's been averaging 12.5 points, 1.5 steals, 2 assists, 4.5 boards, uh, shooting 40% from three on six attempts a game and 92% from the line. Wow. No, I, I want to I wanna go out on a limb here and say that that is a stat line that tells me that there's not a single category in a categories league that he's hurting you in. Wow. Like that's I really didn't know Grayson Allen was clapping this hard. It's just efficient. I mean, it's not flashy by any means. And obviously in the points leagues, like, it's it's coming over, you know. He hasn't had a game below 22 in 11 days. He's gone seven straight games, scoring at least 22 points. I mean, you know, is it is it blow your socks off numbers? No, but I think it's kind of tough to get that off the waivers at this point. And what he is providing you is a steady stream of just about everything, except for blocks. Yeah, he's only 3.8% rostered right now, too. And yeah, like you said at this point in the season, Colin, it's hard to find that like boom guy right now off the waiver wire markets. Mm-hmm. And at this point, your team is kind of is what it is. You're dropping maybe like the bottom three positions. And if Grayson can consistently do that every night, um, I don't think that's a bad thing. A guy who only averages, you know, like um, 20 to 25 points a night at this point in the season, if he can do that every night and even have bigger nights, um, like if that, if his averages is four, I'm perfectly fine with that. Exactly. Exactly. And then if we're talking to categories league, I really think he's starting to bring some value there. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that uh, it just seems like he's, he's playing really well all around basketball and aside from the blocks category, he's helping you just about everywhere. 
Let's go. I like that pick, dude. Good job. Right? Thank you. Thank you. I was uh, I was pretty excited when I saw it. I was like, this will be an out there one. Uh, I like my next two picks a little more. more. I you, have, you like your next two? I have two more guys. They're kind of a... I grouped them together because they're kind of similar um, guys who player-wise and um, situation-wise. And that is Moses Brown and Robert Williams, two guys we've already talked about. Um, Moses is currently 43% roster on ESPN, and Robert Williams is 66.5% roster on ESPN. But they're both two young centers who are now starting due to their team um, making some kind of move or some kind of decision. Uh, The Thunder announced that Al Horford would no longer be playing in any games for them for the rest of the season, leaving Moses to be the starter. And then the Celtics traded Daniel Tice to your Chicago Bulls, Colin, on deadline day, uh, leaving Robert Williams to step into that starting role, which is something we've seen the Celtics kind of prepping for a while now, it feels like. Mm -hmm. And Moses Brown, man, um, he's a guy I picked up pretty recently. Um, This week I picked up him and Yusuf Nurkic off the waiver wires this week. uh, I picked up Nurkic too. Smart call. Two picks I'm pretty happy about. And on Saturday, Colin, Moses had 21 points and 23 rebounds on 80% field goal shooting. We'll call that decent. Uh, over the last I'm seven days. I believe that's okay. Over the last seven days, he's averaging 14 points, 16.5 rebounds, and 1.5 blocks on 32 minutes a game. That is uh, officially insane. That is an insane stat line that this young man is posting. That's ridiculous. Uh, to, That's absurd. Yeah, yeah. To me, he's a must-have right now. Yeah. He's a must-have. Like not even close. Yeah, he's a must-have at this point. Um, he's going to play a ton for the Thunder the rest of the season, and he's a walking double-double. Um, speaking about Robert Williams, over the last seven days, he's averaging eight points, eight rebounds, three assists, and two point four blocks. Um, I don't think he rebounds at the rate Moses will because. Robert Williams is a little more um, smaller, but more athletic. But mm-hmm. what Robert Williams is bringing is his blocks per game, which I think you said earlier to me, Colin, he had 11 blocks this week. Um, yeah. And his, in his last four games, he had a five-block game and a four-block game. Um, and in terms of categories, if a guy gets you 11 blocks a week, that's enough to probably help you win blocks um, just on that guy alone. And yeah, I think Robert Williams and Moses Brown, they only both get better as the season goes on, and I don't think they should be available on a waiver wire right now. Yeah, to me, these two are both home runs. Like, everybody else we've said is, like, maybe a single, maybe a double. That's, you know, way to brag about it, man, whatever. Let's go. But, yeah, to be picking up either of these guys right now... um, I gave the stat to you earlier that Robert Williams, in terms of just overall impact in a categories league, is actually a top 50 player this year, which is insane for a guy who really hasn't been starting up until recently. Or I, I don't even know, has he started more than five games so far this year? Robert I'm Williams? Checking, yeah, I'm checking that right now because I, I think pretty confident the answer is no he's started two games this year and he's a top 50 category player in the league wow isn't that just like that's a little bit insane let's go i'm so happy he's on my team oh i'm a little bit happier that he's on my team but 
uh, it's fine. You can you can have some joy too. But yeah, I mean, yeah. If if you didn't know by now, uh, if you have Al Horford, please drop him because he, he won't be participating in any more games for the Thunder this year. The teams mutually agreed that uh, it would be best for both parties to part ways. So yeah, I mean, pick up Moses Brown, I guess, if he's there. It seems like it would be a, a pretty viable option. Yes, sir. I really like Moses Brown. He's honestly turning into like one of my favorite young players in the NBA right now, just because uh, he's so lanky, but he's pretty skinny. But he gets the boards, and you got to respect it on the Thunder team. The Thunder are a fun team to watch too. Yeah, I they've been outperforming really what they should have, where they should be at for the second year in a row. Imagine Cade Cunningham I mean, on the Thunder with Shea, or even Evan Mobley. Oh, dude! I don't, I don't really think that you can go wrong taking either one of those characters. Um, personally, I really like whatever Mobile offers. I really next like to Moses. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, it could be a really good team. That could be a very impressive team. Maybe not right away, but down the line. Yeah, Thunder don't want to win, so. Perfectly Not fine for them to just develop these guys. And their 37 lottery picks that they are about yeah. to have. So, <laughs> they're so sad. Uh, even if I was a Thunder fan right now, I honestly wouldn't be that mad because even though they're bad, they're still entertaining to watch, which is all you really want out of a game at the end of the day because you know that mm-hmm. the waiting is going to pay off eventually because your front office is so smart. Yeah, I mean, and eventually, too, the other thing that the Thunder have going for them is they're going to be able to trade some of these picks mm-hmm. and acquire, like, veteran talent. Yeah, disgruntled all-stars. Exactly, exactly. I mean, think about, like, the Thunder trading two first-round picks to get Vucevic. I mean, that's that's nothing to them. It's literally yeah. nothing to them. They have, they have 17 first-round picks over the next five years. And you know, I, res- the I respect the Thunder, too. Because you can tell they don't they're they don't just want to have a first round uh like get to the playoffs. Like they're building to win a championship. Which is this is like kinda how you have to do it if you're a smaller franchise. So I really respect them for that because kinda wish my pacers would do that. Yeah, I mean seriously, like in this league right now it's either like you're the Lakers or a New York team. Or, I guess, the one year when the Heat became really attractive. Like, if you're not inherently an attractive destination because of uh, just weather, status, massive city, like, celebrity culture, you have to just hope that you can nail in the draft and then build upwards because free agents aren't just going to come to you to come to you. Like, LeBron James isn't just going to be like, hey, like, you guys won, like, 32 games last year and don't really look like you're going anywhere. I'm going to come to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, it's just man. not. Not Oklahoma City. Sorry to all our Oklahoma City listeners, I guess. You think OKC is better than Cleveland? This year? Yes. 
like uh, the cities, the cities. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'd rather be in Oklahoma City, absolutely. Same. Because, like, Cleveland. at least if, like, I'm in Oklahoma City, like, weather's, like, nicer. Yeah. It's dry, but, like, it's nicer at least. Air's yeah. probably, the air quality's probably pretty good cons- compared to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, dude, I mean, Cleveland, like, it's like... They got factories everywhere. Yeah, they got... Yeah, and here in Chicago, like, we don't have factories. Like, we clean air, we have the lake. It's basically, like, we're net zero emissions here in Chicago. (laughs) So, you know, got that going for us, which is incredibly nice. I'm pretty sure my county's air quality is, like, D-grade. Is that something that, like, you just, like, look up frequently? You're like, hey... What did uh what did the teacher give my air quality this week? No, this but week, it is yeah. something we gotta that I have looked up. I'll look up. If you go to your yeah, weather app on your phone, this. if you go on the weather app on me. your phone, it literally tells you the air quality. Right now mine is twenty eight and that says good. Uh I'm at forty two. Damn, you're breathing that good air. Yeah, I'm, you know, like I said, like I breathe in. Breathe in well. Quality air. Well, now I have to work on. I I don't know. Maybe I'm breathing better air than you. I think you want it to be a low number. Okay, the air quality in Cleveland, 34. That's actually, that's pretty good. I, because I'm doing some math right now and it looks like. Because I'm seeing that South Padre has an air quality of 103, and that's oh bad. It's god. unhealthy for sensitive. Oh my god! So, what? Did we get cancer in Oklahoma City or South Padre when we were there? I I don't think so. Um, alrighty. Is there anything else for us to go over in terms of the fantasy week? Um, I'll uh, just go over my waiver wire pickup guys, and then we can alrighty, fair enough. mosey on out of here. Um, so my waiver Sounds wire pickup like guys for this week are Danilo Gallinari, Evan Hoyer, uh, Lou Williams, who we haven't actually seen play a game yet for the Hawks, but I think he will be playing for them because they can use his services. Uh, Miles Bridges, Otto Porter Jr., Terrence Ross, who are, we already said is going to be jacking up a lot of shots a game. So for a points league, um, I think he would be a really good option. Uh, Seth Curry, Dwight Howard, Farton Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Malik Monk, who's actually been playing pretty well since the Lamelo injury, uh, Cody Martin, Brad Wanamaker, Luke Kennard, uh, Rajon Rondo, and Terrence Mann are all options. I think um, guys from the Clippers who will have to fill in the hole that Lou Williams is um, – that chunk that he was missing now. So we're going to see who emerges from those three as the most valuable option. Uh, Monty Morris, JaVale McGee, who is now the Nuggets backup center. And I think he will play a pretty good amount of minutes for them. Sadiq Bay, Jason Tate, Jordan Poole um, until Seth, Steph Curry comes back. But even after that, I think the way he's been playing might justify him getting some minutes for them. Jalen Brunson, Taylor Horn Tucker, Alec Burks, who's actually been going off for the Knicks while um, they've had some injuries to their other guards, Isaiah Stewart and Kenrich Williams. Ooh, yeah, that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. But 
I use a valuable list, and I think that people will learn something from it, which is, that's that's it, you know, that's that's it, that's it, baby, let's get it. Let's go. Um. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think that about does it for this episode of Bench Chatter. We'll be coming at you guys Wednesday with our annual weekly, weekly, not annual, uh, weekly discussion where we talk about what's happening around the league and get into some of the more storylines and our personal opinions. So be sure to tune into that. Uh, and if Noah has nothing else, uh, we look forward to seeing you fellas then. Thanks for listening. See you. Deuces.